They are the Chai Kids. Your host today is Hunter. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Chai Kids Show for Kids Bar Kids. Thank you so much for tuning on 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Hunter, and I'm 10 years old, and I will be hosting for you today. Coming up on on Chai Kids today, I will be interviewing Carlos Samia, Nicole, Nico, and Storm the Anxiety Canine Officers at CAP. Also on the show, I have a riddle to challenge your mind, a tongue twister to challenge your tongue, and at the end of the show, listen out for Montgomery Jones and the search for the lost world of fantasy, stories, and audiobooks. They're really interesting and super amazing. You can also get the full stories on Mr. Productions' YouTube channel on YouTube or on our website at highfm.com. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss this Chai Kids show. Here are the details if you have any questions for my guests or if you want to say hi to your friends and family. The SMS number is 34519 and is charged at 150. You can send me a telegram on 061-895-1019 and please don't forget to sign your name. You can also call us on 010-140-3020. I repeat, 010 1403020. Get ready for a jam pack show on Chai Kids today. Chai Kids. For kids, by kids. They are the Chai Kids. Your host today is Hunter. This is Chai Kids for kids, by kids. My name is Hunter and I'm your host for today. Before we start the interview with Carlos Samia, Nicole, Nico and Storm, the anxiety canine officers at CAP, Today's riddle is what time is it when an elephant sits on a fence? If you know the answer, please send me an SMS with an answer on 34519 or 061-895-1019. I have Carlos, Samia, Nicole and Nico and Storm and they are from CAP with me in the studio today. So if you have any questions for them, you can send them on 34519 or 061-895-1019. Good afternoon. Hi. Hi, Hunter. Hi, hi. Hello. Hello. What is CAP? So uh, CAP is a community security organization um, that uh, tries to protect as many people in Johannesburg as possible. When did CAP start? CAP started in 2006. So we've been in operation for the last 16 years. Very cool. Um, why do we need security? I'm going to hand that over to Carlos. <laughs> My best answer to you would be, like, we all want this, a very secure and peaceful environment. So our motive is to bring back those exciting days whereby kids will walk to the sunset peacefully, not having any fear. So... Having security around on the neighborhood, it will, we do believe it will bring back those days. So that's why CAP is in here. So we want to make sure that when you're walking during the night, afternoon, early morning, you are very comfortable that nothing will happen to me because CAP is around me. Thank you. Um, what training do security officers need? Apparin? What, what training do security officers need? 
Uh, to, to be in an organization, like we, we, we really make sure that uh, the guys are very highly trained because we don't just want to throw anyone on the street not knowing what's happening and what to do or what to expect. So we do believe if we do train the guys with best and for most, uh, with the best uh, knowledge of our uh, capacity of uh, carrying guns and then uh, driving skills, fitness. So those are the things that we look at it. So we make sure that we got proper instructor that we're going to teach the guy how to shoot. And we got uh, proper canine guys also going to make sure that the guys are capable to to go out there and then uh, make sure that the dogs are doing what they have to do. And then, yeah, my, and then finally, make sure that uh, the guys are equipped properly. Why do we have so many cab cars moving around in the community? It, 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 uh, it all goes because, like uh, Nicole said earlier, we want to get, we want to grow bigger. We just want to just concentrate in one, in one community. So the more cars we have, that show our growth. And uh, the, the, uh, having more cars in, the, in our street, that it shows how are we growing. So it only makes us more better. And it allows us to protect a lot more people. So how it works is in the areas that we operate in, um, we get people to come and sign on board with us and they either sign up for armed response or they give a contribution to what we call crime prevention and the more people that we have contributing towards our initiative the more resources we can put in so that includes cars, it includes our canine units, it includes our special intervention unit and the more resources we have on the ground, the safer we can make the communities that we protect Do you guys do Security everywhere in Africa or just in South Africa? We only operate currently in Johannesburg. Why did you guys choose this career path? Zamir can go first. <laughs> <clears throat> thank you, thank you so much for having us. Firstly, um, I think being being in this industry um, is not just fulfilling in terms of knowing that you've accomplished a lot in the day. It's giving back to the community, and. It brings out the best potential that for, for us personally as canine handlers, um, having dogs that really reach their full potential and using them in to, to eradicate crime and for the protection of our own community is so rewarding in itself. And we've had many, many successful stories um, as well as uh, uh, incidents where canines have been a massive, massive asset to us in helping crime prevention as well as looking after people that need canine assistance. Okay, I'm from a very, uh, I'm from this background whereby my father was from, it was ex, uh, ex, uh, defense force. So my father was a military and then he died in the military for the sake of peace. So he, he was, he fought for peace. So that I think is, he just, I just, I think I, I, I took his gene. All I want now is peace. I want to see peace everywhere. And uh, growing up, I had other dreams. But then when I look some kids being raped, women being robbed, being abused, I want to make a difference. I choose this career because I want to make a difference to people's life. 
And me, um, I am part of CAP because I, I love serving my community. I love being part of an organization that exists to protect so many people and to do so much good. And it's a very rewarding and very fulfilling environment to be in. Who has inspired you in your life? Well, I think that's a very good question, Hunter. Um, <laughs> there's many big shoes to fill. Um, when I look at the, at the, the people in my life, um, my parents have played a massive, massive role in my development as a young man uh, and now a professional handler. Um, I had a, a dream when I was in, uh, in school to, to, to do military anti-poaching. My parents thought, no, this kid must be crazy. Why can't he just go to a mall and play soccer, you know, do normal things? But uh, they supported me in my dream. And um, when I realized the amount of love and devotion that my parents gave me, it, um, it truly made me feel so proud to go out there and to try and make them proud. And they inspired me because my dad was a political activist during the, the apartheid days. And um, when I hear the stories about how he actually challenged um, a lot of the, uh, um, can we say, challenges that we had at that time, it inspired me to make a difference, to really just get up and try and, and really just use my potential to really just giving back to everyone that I can give back to. So um, when it comes to who inspires me, I think the list is endless because there are always bigger shoes to fill, which I, I hope to sometimes fill in the future one day. Just for me, like Carlos said, man, um, he's dead and my dad, like they were, um, they were in the army. So for me, it's also something that I love to do. I love to protect people. Then, like, I grew up also in a place whereby it was not safe. So it's like I'm giving back to the community what I'm doing. Uh, if I end your question correctly, you, you did ask what inspired me to... Uh, I'll say my mom. Uh, my mom, he made sure that uh, when my father came back from deployment, he made sure that he looked after him. He guided him and always told him something. Look, yeah, it doesn't matter what you, you're doing there. As long as you're doing it correctly and you're getting results from what you're doing, that's what matters. And if you, if they, they, if you are going there to fight for peace and you are getting the result and that makes you happy, that's what matters. And I always took those words and those words, whenever I start my day, I go back to the day that she used to say those words to my dad. So those, she really inspired me and she still inspired me until today. Sure. Who inspires me? Well, there are a few people. I've had the privilege of working in a few places in my life. I used to work with one guy who always used to say to me, Nikki, don't sweat the small stuff. And that's really stuck with me for quite a while because uh, when I was younger, I worked in the bank and, uh, you know, people and, and money, <laughs> it's, not a, it's not an easy job. So um, when I used to work there, he used to say, don't sweat the small stuff. And it's something that's really stuck with me as I've gotten older. And I think, you know, the dynamic of, of where we work now at CAP, where we are responsible for some really, you know, hectic stuff. And, and uh, you know, we've got some huge weight on our shoulders having to protect the community and make sure that we're doing everything we can to, to serve the communities that we protect. I think that that's a really important message, you know, not sweating the small stuff when we're dealing with such big stuff on a day-to-day -day basis. 
How do you make? How do you guys make cup specific vehicles? Um, so our vehicles um, are branded. I'm sure you've seen our big black and yellow buckies. They look big and tough. And um, all of our vehicles are equipped with state-of-the-art type of equipment, tracking. We've got uh, built-in equipment that uh, a lot of the other securities companies don't necessarily utilize. And, uh, yeah, I think that our vehicles stand out from a lot of the other vehicles that you see on the road. Is there something specific, though, that you, you know, that our vehicles have that you'd like me to explain? Nothing. Okay. Well, I hope I answered your question. <laughs> yeah. Cool. What is your guys' favorite thing to eat? Ooh, that's a tough one. I like everything. <laughs> <laughs> you guys go first. I'll think about this one. It's a tough one. I'll be honest with you, Hunter. I am a sucker for sushi and prawns. Uh, that's my weakness. That's my weakness, Hunter. Prawns at any, any day. <laughs> uh, as for me, uh, biltongs. Uh, I grew up in the kitchen. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, to me. I love good food. As long as it tastes good, I love it. Yeah, I'm uh, with Carlos on that one. I, I'll eat anything that's tasty. Yeah. What is your favorite animal? Stormy, our dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind, of, kind of a trick question there. <laughs> By far, our four-legged best friends, the dogs. Yeah, dogs. They have such an incredible amount of intelligence. And in here with us in the studio is Storm, our canine therapy uh, canine. It's still a work in progress. But I want to tell you, Hunter, when it comes to a, a dog's emotional intelligence, it's phenomenal. So Storm is able to identify... Uh, a person that is suffering from depression or PTSD or that has a lot of anxiety during the day and she's able to actually lower their blood pressure by giving them a lot of love and affection and when I think about the best job in the world this is it because um, we are able to actually see the dogs use their potential uh, trained and untrained it's naturally that they have all of these gifts within them and uh, by far they are just absolutely incredible when you really really look into it they have so much potential to really just change the world and our communities and us as individuals yeah how can people be aware of their surrounding uh hunter on that it's that is a very good question hunter uh you know s some people tend to turn blind nowadays i don't know because of the stress or whatsoever but uh we should not lose focus we should not look for, lose focus. We should always be entitled to see where you're going, where you're coming from, who's following you, and see the movement around you. And if you spot something unusual, you've been like a, if a person or a car following for more than two minutes, and then to, that it must actually alert you personally. Look at what where is this person going. And I think very what's more important that a person they have, they have to be focused all the time. Yeah. General awareness. Yeah, I think like a practical example would be, um, you know, if you're jogging or walking in the street, try not to wear earphones, um, because when you're wearing earphones, you know, people can't, you know, people can't hear, pe you know, potentially someone behind them, um, and I think that that's probably one of the biggest ones, because most people like to run or walk with earphones in their ears, and it's it's a big security hazard. Um, another example would be, you know. 
not having your phone visible. So I think one of the bigger crime trends at the moment are these snatch and grabs, you know, people standing outside waiting for their Uber with their ha- with their phones in their hands. It's a huge security threat. Um, you need to conceal as much as you can. So, you know, don't wear fancy jewelry. Don't wear expensive watches. Try and keep your cell phone outside of, you know, the, the pri- a potential prying eye. Crime happens so quickly. You know, it takes under 30 seconds. So you want to try and make yourself as safe as possible by not making yourself a statistic or a target. What happens when you catch a thief? Ooh, Carlos can answer this one. <laughs> okay, we're going to share with some of because I think they've got so many details. So. <laughs> okay, so, so there is a process and a procedure to this. Um, <clears throat> so depending on the crime and where the apprehension takes place, it, so you, it's very important to remember that we have a very good relationship with the police and we always work with the police. Whenever it comes to handing over a suspect that has committed uh, a soft crime or contact crime um, of any level, a uh, suspect is a suspect. And once they're apprehended, the law does take its uh, its, its place. It does um fall into place, should I rather say. And we then hand over two SAPs and we ensure that whatever um, offense that the suspect has actually uh, executed, that we have enough legal, um, how can I call it, legal ammunition. I'll I'll put that jargon in here since we are security. Um, To put that suspect away for as long as possible. I'll give you an example, specifically with our canine unit. we have a few dogs. Uh, we have explosive detection dogs. We have drug dogs. We have patrol dogs. And there was a time where there was a shootout that occurred between suspects and law enforcement. And we were called to try and locate the firearm. Now, the importance of this is that once that firearm was located, actually by the canine, Storm's brother, um, it then has a solid background in proving that there was an illegal firearm in the possession of a suspect, right? That makes the case against them a lot stronger. So we are then able to hand that over to police and they then undergo the procedure, our legal procedure of going to court and ultimately getting sentenced. Are you allowed to shoot criminals? Under the right circumstances, yes. Uh, we have to protect our lives as well as those that cannot protect their lives for themselves. So there are legal, uh, th- 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 there are times that we are allowed to use firearms, and of course, sometimes do we are not. But we are trained in knowing when to use them and how to use them. What makes a good security guard? Just I'd look. I always, I always look at. I'll, I'll use me myself as an example. For me to be great, what must I do? So there's certain certain steps that I have to follow every day. I think one of the common ones is I have to be disciplined. If I'm not disciplined, I cannot be a guard. Because discipline, if you break into brackets, there is so many things into it. In how you wear your, your uniform, how you communicate with your clients. So that it tells a lot. Because if I'm not, I'm not wearing properly, how will I communicate with my client? So discipline, it's a huge, huge idea. A, of a good officer, I have to always be disciplined. A good officer always have to be able to communicate properly with his clients. And if a person have good communication and a good discipline, believe me, that officer will be an outstanding officer. How do people protect their homes? 
So the most common way for a, a homeowner to protect their house is to have what we what we deem as layers of security. So this, the first layer would be to have electric fencing um, and a gate that's automated so you don't have to get out of your car and open the gate. Um, and then the next layer would be to have beams in your garden so that if there's movement in the garden, it sets off your alarm. And then the third layer would be to actually have a, a full alarm system in your house so that if the door is pushed open or a window is broken, um, it, it makes a, a signal go off that CAP receives in our control room and we're able to then send our, our tactical vehicle to, to do a, a, a check to see that everything at the house is okay. That is definitely very interesting. On that note, let's take a so- quick song break and we will be back soon. Hi kids, for kids, by kids. They are the Chai Kids. Your host today is Hunter. This is Chai Kids, for kids, by kids. My name is Hunter Lam, and you are still listening to the Chai Kids Show on 101.9 Chai FM. Before we carry on with our interview with Carlos, Zamia, Nicole, Nicole, and Storm, the anxiety canine officers, and they are from CAP, our tongue twister for today is, I wish to wash my Irish wish, wrist, wristwatch. A bit later, you can call on me on 010-140-3020 to see if you can say it faster than me. I have CAP security guards with me, and if you have any questions with them for them, you can send an SMS to 34519 or Telegram to 061-895-1019 or call 010-140-3020. Now let us carry on with our questions. Are there different ranks depending on how good a security guard is? Yes, uh, there are different ranks. I think, and it's also it's very important to have a rank in, uh, in our organizations. Because that also motivates everybody in the organization. And for the mere fact that everybody wishes to grow. So we do have ranks in our organization. We have uh, our guard. And then we also have our tactical units. Then we got our SI units. And we have our K9 units also. So, yeah. So uh, in, uh, in all the those uh, ranks, our job uh, titles are... A bit different, but our mission is this, is one. Our mission is to catch criminals. Where do cap dogs come from? I have two dogs now. I have Tony and Tavo. Tony was donated to cap by Safe Lane. So Tony was at the, he was in Somalia for like uh, EDD and MDD, which is EDD, it's a uh, explosive detection dog. MDD, it's mine detection dog. So Tony was donated to CAP. Tavo, um, he was trained by CAP. So he was certified and he's also working for CAP, still in CAP. There's a very um, strict selective process when it comes to selecting the kind of dog that you want to work in the security industry. So we have uh, our head of our canine unit has um, a very long history and, 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 a, and an amazing experience in terms of canine work. So along the way, we've had uh, fantastic relationships with professional breeders um, who actually breed for a purpose, for operational dogs, working dogs. Um, 
And through that process, we, we then are able to decide what kind of dog are we looking for? What kind of drive are we looking for? What is the purpose of that dog? And that's how we select, um, if we are getting puppies, that's how we select them. Yeah. Who trains the dogs and do you train all breeds? So every handler is responsible for their own training. However, as a unit, uh, as a whole, we all help each other in terms of training. Um, so we, it, it's quite a rigorous amount of training that we do. Um, from patrol dog work, which, which is, uh, I'm actually the one that gets attacked by the dogs <laughs> to train them how to take down suspects. So we train for almost every and, and any scenario possible where even firearms are used or if someone commits a crime and runs into a felt and, and hides, we then use real life situation to actually train our dogs so that when the real thing happens, it's not new to them. It's, it's conditioning and association. So, um, in terms of our detection dogs, a lot of hours go into training. There's a lot of, of commitment and dedication that goes into training. And it's, it's really more of a lifestyle because you become, you start thinking, you adopt the thinking and thought process of a dog so you can actually make your training a lot easier. So we all help each other with our training, but yes, we all train our own dogs. Where do the dogs stay at night? So we actually are very fortunate to have our almost top state-of-the-art kennels right next to our offices. And uh, they have a beautiful view overlooking uh, some of the mountaintops and... Uh, they stay right with us, and uh, they're very spoiled for choice when it comes to food, by the way. Uh, this week, they're on lamb. Let me just put that there. <laughs> so our dogs are very spoiled, and they stay with uh, We do get to take them home whenever we want to. They're just more than a partner. They, they become family to the handler. It's our number one partner on the road, and it's a bond that is incomparable. It's, it's indescribable having this, this love and this, this protection and loyalty that's coming from your partner. Yeah. That's, that's a good question, Hunter. Thank you for asking that. How long do the dogs train for? Um, for a fully trained dog, uh, like explosive dog, it takes three to six months. How many people work at CAP? So we were working this out before the interview because CAP's grown so big over the years. So we have just over 600 armed and 600 tactical officers um, and probably around 150 or so um, staff that work in our head office in Houghton. So that's within our control room and our finance division and um, our tactical division and our sales and marketing division as well. How many dogs does CAP have? In total. In total, we have nine operational working dogs, each with their own task. Um, and I'll just remind you about that. We have narcotics canine. We have explosive detection dogs. We have uh, patrol dogs, which is an absolutely like an amazing asset to us, especially when it comes to crime scenes. And we have our work in the process, uh, Stormy. She's not fully certified, but we are using her as our therapy and emotional support canine. So all nine dogs are fully operational. I've seen some cat posters out of outside of people's homes. What does this mean? So anybody that is a customer of CAP, 
um, for armed response. They'll have a, a signboard outside their house with a cap logo, and then it also has their house number on it. And then in addition to that particular board, we also have what's called a, a public space protector board. So a big part of CAP's operations and what really differentiates us from a lot of the other security companies is our presence within the public space and our proactive um, patrolling where we try and drive out the criminal threat before it comes to your door, God forbid. And these guys on my left here all play a huge role in our crime prevention and our public space security. Um, so if you contribute towards our crime prevention, you get another signboard for that as well. How has the company changed over the years? Sure, significantly. So when CAP originally started 16 years ago, our predominant focus was actually just to patrol, um, to to drive around and just make sure that we had a, a nice visible presence within the areas that we were in. Um, and it started off completely volunteer-based. And through lots of generous community members, we grew into an organization that protects over 50 suburbs across Joburg. Our fleet probably has in excess of 60, 70 cars, maybe even 100 cars. I don't even know what the number is because it's just grown so significantly over the years. We now incorporate a lot of technology, so we also have our camera monitoring products, and we have our canine unit and our special intervention unit and our armed response teams, and sure, the, the list is endless. We grow all the time. What do you guys like about your job? Oh, I think just the reward factor of knowing that you're waking up every day, making a difference, and every day, every day is different. Every day really is different. No day is the same. Um, and I think that's what makes it exciting, knowing that you have the ability and potential to either save an innocent person or to put a bad person behind bars. It really, it, it's a broad, it's a broad spectrum of reward. And I think just the cherry on top is knowing that you're going to do it with the dog, but also having the very, very brave colleagues that we work with. The tactical guys really, really put a lot of time, a lot of effort, and our special intervention act as the offensive of the of of the company to actually go after, and we are the strike team. So there's really working with the bravest and most courageous guys that I that I know is absolutely mind blowing. It gives me goosebumps because it's such an honor to work with guys of this caliber. Really, I have to agree. Um, I think a large part of, um, you know, the reward that we feel as staff of CAP is that we get to work with incredibly brave um, people. Um, anyone that works at CAP, in my opinion, is a hero. Uh, we put our lives on the line, whether we work, you know, in an admin role or we work on the road serving the communities that we protect. Everybody plays such an important role in securing the communities that we protect. Can somebody volunteer for CAP? Um, you can. So we have a team called the CAP Marshals Team. Basically what that team comprises of um, is volunteers that we call upon when there are peaks in, in crime trends. So if we find that there is a heightened risk in some of our areas of operation, then we call on um, people within our, our marshals team to, to patrol and to look out for suspicious activity. But we don't just take anyone. Um, so the people that volunteer generally have some kind of security background or they've been in, like a police reservist. It's quite a, it's quite a risky, you know, thing to do. So we vet all of, of the people that want to volunteer. Volunteer, um, 
But yes, we do. We do. We love. We love people volunteering. On that note, let's take a quick song break, and after the song, I will count how many times you can say the tongue twister in ten seconds. You can call now on o one o one four o three o two o. Hi, kids. For kids, by kids. They are the Hi Kids. Your host today is Hunter. This is Hi Kids for kids by kids. My name is Hunter, and I'm ten years old. Are you ready for the tongue twister? This is how it works. You can call us on o one o one four o three o two o, and I will count how many times you can say the tongue twister in ten seconds. I'll start. Are you ready? Three, two, one. I wish to wash my Irish, my Irish wish wristwatch. I wish to wash my Irish, my Irish wristwatch. I wish, I wish to wash my. I did it three times. Not so good. Good job. Good it's not job. Easy. Good job. No, it's not easy. It's do we have any callers for the tongue twister? If not, let's do it with Carlos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wish to wash my, re- my Irish wristwatch. I wish to wash my Irish wristwatch. I wish to wash my Irish wristwatch. I wish to wash my Irish wristwatch. Four. Four times. four times. Not bad, Carlos. Well done. Zabia? All right, all right, all right, guys. Let me try this. <coughs> you ready? I wish to wash my Irish wristwatch. 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 I wish to wash. I'm going to be dreaming about this. <laughs> you said it five times. Good job. Thank you. Nico. Alright, Nico. I thought you wanted to say Nico. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, I wish to wash, I wish, I wish to wash my watch, my Irish wish, uh, <laughs> wrist wash. I wish to wash my, my Irish wish wash. I wish to wash my Irish wish, wish, uh. <laughs> you did it three times. Good job. Now, Nico. Okay. <clears throat> I'm ready. I wish to wash my Irish wristwatch. Excuse me. <clears throat> I wish to wash my Irish wristwatch. 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 Good job. Did Good I job. win? You did it five times. You tied with a uh, Carlos. Five times, Carlos. That is a good <laughs> Well done. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I did it for time. Oh, so you did it with Zabia. That's cool. it. Well done. All right. Now let's wrap up the riddle. Remember, it was what time de- is it when an elephant sits on a fence? Do you have any callers for the riddle? If not, I will know what you, you, I will let you know what the answer is. Drum rolls, please. All right, here we go. Time to fix the fence. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well done to everyone who tried, and thank you for playing. This has been Kids for Kids Bar Kids. My name is Hunter and I would like to say thank you to my guests Carlos, Zamia, Nicole, Nico and Storm for coming on Kids. To my producer Senna and Vussi for pushing the big red button. 
Please remember to share and listen out for Montgomery Jones and the last, and the last, and the search for the lost world of fantasy stories and audiobooks right after the show. You can also get the full stories on Vistop Productions YouTube channel on YouTube or on the website www.mistopproductions.com or on our website at highfem.com. Join us next week, Wednesday, for another fun and fantastic high show only on 101.9 High FM. Bye, kids.